Hey. Hey, there he is. Yep. Uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight we are here to uh, make another entry in the TARDIS Chronicles, our reg- our semi-regular Doctor Who review series. Tonight I'm hoping joined... to make regular. Yep. Well, as regular as the show is, I guess. <laughs> um, tonight oh, yeah. I'm joined by who I hope will be my regular co-host on this on this show, Milos. And the co-host hopes the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, just real quick before we get into uh, this week's episode, since you did not do the last one with me because of scheduling and whatever, why don't we – I would like to get your thoughts on uh, the whole – just very quickly, like obviously we don't need to go episode by episode for the last two years, but just very quickly your thoughts on the whole Jodie Whittaker, Chris Chibnall thing as a, in general and – um, any thoughts you might have had on last week's episode of the Halloween Apocalypse? Well, uh, going back to the so going back, this whole thing has been really hard on uh, any Doctor Who fan because we literally went like 10, 12 months without Doctor Who episode which I absolutely hated Yep. Uh, that way just <laughs> killed me. But as far as like the general, I loved uh, the first season. I loved the fact, uh, well, it's certainly different. The fact they're actually making one storyline out of the season, which is something we haven't really seen yet, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the new series. So I was really curious in what direction they're going to take it. And the fact that they just come out of the gate shooting just made me especially giddy yeah I'm this one was... this i was just i waited for a long time and i i liked what i got for the wait yeah. the first one was a lot of information um this one was a little more active and i i actually really liked this one a lot um i gave the first one a due to it being a lot of setup and I did like there were aspects of the first one that I really liked a lot um, but I really enjoyed this one I was not prepared for this to be an hour and a half like I thought each one was going to be an hour and and I'm great yeah, I'm happy the same yeah I'm happy it was longer but like Corey and I had it planned out like we'll watch this and then we'll watch this and then we yeah, uh, yeah. you figured you have an hour and she watched the equal she watched the Equalizer before this, and then we ah, were going to yes. watch. She didn't watch last week's NCIS because her mother-in-law was here, and uh, or it was the night before the thing, and then we were going to do that. And then I turned on Doctor Who, and I'm like, "Oh, it's ninety minutes. Okay, never mind. We won't do that tonight." <laughs> um, but yeah, I I was very impressed with uh, this week's. Uh, just as background. Uh, we are discussing the second part of the Flux event, uh, the War of the Santarans. Um, so, yeah, I, we'll try to. The plot with this one was a little more straightforward, so we'll try to um, we'll try to go from that. It basically picks up right where the last one left off. Like they yep. they end up in uh, Crimea in I believe it was what 1650. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they're in the middle of the Crimean War, but the 
the British army is not fighting the Russians as normal history would have had it. They're fighting the Santarans. Exactly. Um, Now, just as a little background for me, I had no idea, you know, I started watching this show um, in 2013. And I just, I Netflix binged the the entire run up until uh, the 50th special. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had no clue what the Santarans were beyond the one reference to them made in Star Trek Voyager. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, I believe, Tinker, Tinker, Taylor, Dr. Spy, where the alien that interacts with the Doctor was clearly modeled after a Santaran. Um, but back then I didn't know that. Um, and I was, you know, and I've actually really liked the Santarans when they use them. They're like, I always kind of refer to them as baby Klingons. Yeah. They have certain similarities. Yeah. Um, so plot wise, they, so they're in the Crimean war. The, uh, the British army is, and the doctor is like, this is bad because this means this flux thing is also screwing with time, which is really bad. Um, so then, yeah, basically, Centaurs are coming. They're not just invading Earth at right. a specific point so, in time. They're so, doing a time invasion. Yep. So for some bullshit reason, I think because it was something having to do with the combination of the energy from the flux thing and from the energy put out by the TARDIS, Yaz and Dan are sent different time periods Yaz ends up in this weird temple thing where that vendor guy also shows up and yeah, they're the first episode. yep and they're surrounded by these robots screaming about can you fix this thing what are you doing here um and it's some sort of yeah, like you can repair you can repair yep i did like the the i did like the effects on that though i feel like since they're doing they know they're doing less episodes this year i feel like they're putting a lot of money in um the effects on oh, these the have thing. I don't know whether this has been brought up at any point uh, before, but when he was doing his uh, media rounds for Suicide Squad 2, Capaldi came out and said, and he basically compared the amount of money that went into the production aspect of Suicide Squad and the Yeah, production... he was talking about all the props were falling apart. And... Exactly. Yeah. Which I believe, and people attacked him for that for some reason, which for me was kind of stupid because, like, yes, it's quite, like, especially if you watched from, like, season, you know, from the first season, like, when you see uh, Christopher Eccleston running around as the Nine Doctor, like, some things didn't change, and you kind of felt yep. they had this, like, low-budget feeling to it. Yeah, Even when we... they start putting more money into the post-production. And yeah. So, and I kind of think that that, really gives Doctor Who part of its charm, basically. Yeah. Even though they if didn't... We, if we no. start doing retros, like, once once the uh, current season's over and the specials are over, maybe, maybe if we want to do this more often to fill the gaps between the specials in 2022, maybe we'll do some retro stuff. Um, yeah, we can do but, uh, reviews and stuff. Yeah, you know. but um, I always thought they kind of cheaped out with Capaldi. In the sense of like, I don't think BBC really had any confidence in him, and and uh, only because it was I really think... stupid because he was a terrific doctor. Oh, he was great. Um, he was my he had a passing. Yeah, 
Uh, I think like the for me, you know, Chris is still like number one, but he was like the first doctor. So I, I still feel like everything that was happening there with him, they yeah. just they didn't do him justice. Now, do you know anything so, yeah. about like? Do you know anything about like why he left? Like, I've read some stuff that said he disagreed with the direction that the show was going in. At yeah, that time. I don't know. I don't have any specifics. Yeah. And I, I did, know that they just didn't see eye to eye on certain stuff. And, I did. I did see an interview with him recently when the uh, when the announcement of Russell T Davies coming back was made. Somebody asked him, you know, would you yeah, go back I, for anything? Yeah. He was just like Russell T Davies and I hate each other. There's no way I would do that. And yeah. I was just like, okay. <laughs> cool. Well, that's the main reason why he wasn't part of the 50th anniversary special because yeah, he but, would have done that. Yeah, that and was it's really funny to see, like, to this day, yeah. like, he's still being asked, like, hey, when are you going to go back yeah. to the group? Yeah. From, what I, from what I remember that, maybe this is inaccurate, but from what I remember that, they wrote that for him. He told them he would do it, and then he backed out, and they had no time to change it. <laughs> yeah, so, the, <laughs> well, if that's true, so, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, back to our because I think I got cut off in mid plot sentence. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I would like to bring up one more thing because okay. I wasn't there uh, for the first episode. I sure. absolutely love the addition of Dan Lewis. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, like, I really like. I hate the fact really that he's like a Liverpool fan, but I'm gonna let it pass. Yep, I really like Dan too. I'm really impressed with John Bishop. Uh, I had no clue yeah. who he was before this. Um, so, yep, yeah, Yaz ends up at that weird temple, and she's there with Vinder, and they're trying to figure out what it is and what they're doing there. Dan goes back to where he came from, basically. Um, yeah. You know, he goes back to whatever back to part. Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool. And, and apparently the Santarans have uh, taken over the the, like, waterfront area. And they're like well, building. They've taken over the whole world, but it appears that the waterfront is kind of their main base of operation on Earth. Yep. And here was my first hang-up. We meet Dan's parents, who, yep. in itself, that's fine. Corey and I both, because she watches this with me, right? So yeah, yeah. we both kind of we both kind of look at each other and go, "How can they be his parents? They're all the same age." <laughs> I mean, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I get it. They looked like they were were the same age as John Bishop. I'm like, how the fuck are they his parents? (laughs) Yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see that. I I wasn't bothered by it, but like, I get your uh, point. It took me took me out for a minute, and I was just like, whatever, it's a kids show. They're not going to explain that, (laughs) you know. Nope, I, nope. I feel like it's kind of the it's kind of, and not that I don't like Prodigy, but it's the same pass I'm giving Prodigy a lot. This is like I'm not I'm not really the audience for this, so whatever. Um, yeah, I can enjoy so, it for what it is. Yep. So Dan is trying to you know figure out how you know he was gone for like two days and suddenly aliens have taken over the planet. Um, the Doctor is still in Crimea, trying to talk the British Army guy out of this pointless charge that he's going to make that's going to get all of his people killed and I meant to do some research and look up who Mary Mary Seacole actually was but I didn't have time to do that um, I got the sense that she was supposed to be like the this season's like historical figure person um, yeah. but I have no clue who she was so I didn't you know it obviously seemed important but beyond that I didn't really 
give it much thought. Well, they always add the historical reference. Like, there's always like, you know, that's part of Doctor Who's charm, basically. Yeah, it's always I'm... like they go to a point in time in history and they actually end up in the event that actually happened. And yeah, Mary Seacole. Yeah, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to go do some research on that, I, which I meant to do today, but I didn't have time. Um, so then, so the charge happens in Crimea, and a ton of the British soldiers get killed, and uh, then the the general guy is left alive, and he goes to the doctor and asks. Well, he kind of pretends to be dead so he wouldn't get killed. Oh right, yep, he faked so. he faked death so they wouldn't kill him. Because uh, they just assumed he was already dead, um, yeah. And so then he ends up asking the doctor for help. Dan gets in back in the present. Dan gets into the whole Suntaran complex, and yeah, he actually crashes one into one of their ships. Well, that was because the dog alien showed up again to help yeah, him to out, protect him. Yeah, <laughs> that. Well, he only helped say, him like, once he was in the ship. And yep. he was about to get caught with the, by the Centaurans. And, like, and it was a it was. Here I am to rescue you again. Yep, it was a stupid, stupid joke, and it's clearly like more meant for children. But I was dying at. I have a human in this fight, so I'm going to save your ass. I was I just was like, me too. That killed, um, <laughs> for some reason, even though it was really dumb. Uh, yeah, but then, as far as one liners go, I'm like, yeah, I give it a pass. I yeah, laughed. Yep. No, it was funny. Um, and back in the time temple thing, uh, those two weird aliens from last week, Swarm and Azure, show up. Yeah. And apparently they're like these, they have, they have this group called the Muri that are like these time priests that like supposedly keep time in order. Um, yeah, so basically that part happens on the planet called Time. Right. They yeah, keep that, the time yeah. from being like scrambled up. Yep, that temple is on a planet that's just called time. Um, yeah. So, uh, so the swarm guy kills a couple of them, and uh, we'll get back to that in a little bit. And uh, yep, so the Dan and the dog uh, blow up the Santaran spaceport thing, and then um, the doctor gets the TARDIS back after. Because there's a whole like standoff with a Santaran guy on the field in Crimea, and then I kind of forget what happens after that. Like, at what point does she get the TARDIS back? So basically, on the Crimea, basically, uh, they figure out that the way Santarans they have to oh, like every yeah, twenty like, whatever yeah. hours they have to charge up for like seven okay, minutes yep. to take so the take Santaran the atmosphere into their suits in order to actually function. Right, so then they take out the supply they line. Scramble that up in order for them to return to Liverpool, where Dan is. Right, but right. then the captain mm -hmm. just blows them up. Yep. Oh yeah. It's oh, kind yeah, of retribution were... for the soldiers that they killed. Yep, they were the Santarans were retreating, and the British dickhead guy drops a bunch of bombs and kills them all. Um, yep. So I'm sure that won't bite Earth later at all uh, yeah no of course not yep so then they all you know the doctor meets up with dan again after the after he and the dog blow up the spaceport thing and uh the dog agrees to stay there and like protect you know his species agree to stay there and protect earth because they feel responsible for it because uh 
that species was using like a force field around Earth and the Suntarans got in underneath it. So they basically used their ships to build a yeah. Right. And he they says used their you ships know, to build the the, the thing around yep, planet said, Earth. Yep. And he says the Suntarans got in underneath it before we were able to close it, so we're kinda of responsible for it. So we'll Yeah here and, and protect the planet while you're dealing with whatever. So they all go to the time temple thing and yep. it ends with it ends with uh Swarm uh, goes, and he's got Yaz and Vinder like in a couple of the spots where the dead ones were, and they're yep. they all have like they look like they've been messed with somehow, and um, yeah, and he was about to release the flow of time through them, right, right, which yeah. ostensibly could kill them because humans are not in any way designed to deal with that. So, um, yeah, I think for a for a 90 minute episode, like a 10 minute plot summary is not too bad. Uh, my goal yeah. is, with, yeah. my goal is with, with anything to have the plot summary be shorter than the actual thing was as we established with prodigy. Uh, um, so yeah, this was, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I do think one of my complaints with prior seasons, and I think I brought this up in the episode I did solo was that mm-hmm. I, uh, the three companion thing does not work for me uh, just because they seem to only have the capability to write for two of them at once. And somebody always gets left out of that. And I'm going to say the best part, one of the best parts about uh, season 13 is the fact that Graham and Ryan walked away. That was, I, like I think, the, I, oh yeah, I agree. Like for me, the my favorite side character who never got to be companion was Donna Noble's grandfather. Oh, he and, would have been great. He got one of the. And I, he got. I always felt. Yeah, but I always felt that he would have been great as a companion, like him Burn, and David Tennant Burn. running around. Yep. Would have been fabulous to watch. So one out with Graham, Graham, I kind of got a glimpse of what would that be like. But yeah. even Ryan stepping back actually allowed them to. Write differently. Yeah, like and Graham said, got like all the only. Yeah, Graham got all the best lines in those two years. Yeah, and like Ryan just felt like he was there, but it's like, eh, yeah. Well, here was my thing too. Like, I like I liked Ryan, but I think they had a they had an opportunity there that they they started to use and then very quickly walked away from because he had a disability, and then. Yeah. They they acknowledged it for like a show, and then it went away, and then like it went away entirely. It never came up again. And then when they left, then they go back to Earth. They close it with that same thing where he's still trying to ride the bike. And it's like you could have <laughs> actually you could have actually like developed that in some way, but it felt like they. It kind of felt like, and I'm not crapping on the BBC or or Tosin Cole or anything. I really thought, thought he was a cool oh, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of that whole, and I don't know if you were aware of this, but like that whole controversy that came out around uh, Star Trek Beyond where Paramount went out and said, yeah, Sulu's gay, oh my God. And then they didn't do anything in the movie that actually acknowledged it in any way. I actually and, remember. Like, yeah, like they wanted to be able to crow about how progressive they were for doing that, but then they don't have the balls to actually do it. And it's like, yep. all right, well, 
sure. And I mean, I, I thought Tosin Cole was great, but opportunity to do something with a legitimately disabled character and you don't do it. And like that always kind of yeah, I think me just back goes in. back to the fact that you, you only feels like they had do qual writing for two characters. Yeah, and, Three and is Yaz like almost yeah has got left out a lot. And I found I remember in a lot of the the pre material before that her first season even started, there was like they had they Chibnall at least claimed to have like some idea for the role that she was gonna fill in the sense of like because she was a because she was a cop she wasn't just gonna blindly go along with everything the doctor said she was gonna be the one who was gonna be like are you sure this is what we we should be doing what are you doing this is crazy yeah she has potentially been like one who can rein the doctor in on all and then crazy for, ideas for the first two years she never did that because they just never gave her anything to do. And she's doing that now. And it's like, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with her now. Oh, yeah, like two episodes in, you can definitely see the growth in her character. Yeah. They were and lacking I'm, last two seasons. Yep, and I'm really enjoying what they're doing with her now. And it's just like, why couldn't you have done this two years ago? Like, you know, why couldn't you have given stuff to anybody other than Bradley Walsh, who I also loved, but, you know, he seemed yeah. to be one they were willing to write for um i do really like dan um i have a theory about dan i don't know if we talked about this or not uh no there is a reason why they made such a big deal about his introduction at the end of last year right well i remember they were mentioning that he can that he would potentially be the doctor next season yes jody steps down my, my guess is he, you're going to find out, and there's a reason, too, why we don't – usually in the first episode where they introduce a new companion, they give you some of their background and stuff. There's, yeah. a reason, you know, there's a reason we don't know anything about him because you're going to find out whether it's in this six-episode thing or during the specials they're doing later. Um, he's one of those Division Time Lords who doesn't know who he is. And then – and then when she regenerates, she's going to turn into him. He's the next doctor. That would make sense, like, if they go in that direction. Yeah. Because like, they really made, depend- they Yeah, made but I can see that happening. Big deal about his intro at the end of last season. I was like, they never do that for a companion. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. They did a lot of stuff, like, you know, yeah. Yep, Especially in I, Britain. Yeah, this episode really, you know, I really liked, like, Corey thought it was a little complicated, because I think she's she was trying to figure out, like, the separate timelines and stuff, and a lot of the, some of the stuff with the time, te- the time temple was a lot of blather with big words. Um, <laughs> well, I still, like, because of, like, we still want to see exactly uh, what's up with the time temple and the time planet and why uh, they were even, like, forbidden to come there. I'm talking yep. about, you know, Azur and Scar. Right. You know, like, they're going to show it because, like, they couldn't uh, enter the platform. Mm-hmm. You know, they were forbidden from it. And the Triangle Priests, or whatever they're called, like, they're like, and, like, one of them was like, oh, I know who you are, and then, like, he dies. Or yeah. he kills him before he can say. So, like, I'm 
thinking because everything's going to be connected this story this season the storyline like they're going to go into that they're going to give it definitely maybe even next episode might go into what exactly is planet time and stuff yeah well they're the, going to cover that for sure the this ne- season the next episode is called once upon time so my guess yeah. is you're going you're yeah. going to get so the back cover it. yeah yeah Yep, and I like the use of the Suntarans. I was hoping Strax would show up, but he doesn't. Same. Um, I was like, yep. ooh, you know, because like he could. But hey, it's still early. I was just kind of hoping at some point he would bomb in and be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, um, but the, I forget. That was the that whole group was that was a Matt Smith thing, right? I'm trying to remember where yeah, that started. That was Matt Smith thing, but they also show up. With Capaldi as well. Yeah, well, they were in the first. They were in the first Capaldi episode, I thought, because yeah, uh, that's where they're still end up trying to figure him. out who he is. Yeah, that's where they end up after he regenerates. I saw yeah. that one was on. BBC America was doing a marathon leading up to the first episode of the Flux thing, and I ca- I caught part of that one that day. Yep. Um, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. I've been really impressed with what, you know, like if they were going to do this whole six episode thing with one story, like this is how you do it, at least so far. Um, and I, I got to say, I have not been terribly impressed with the whole Chibnall Whitaker thing. I don't think he's a particularly good writer for a show like this. Um, and I just don't think he's done much that was really all that interesting. Like there were some that got at like interesting ideas, but then the, my bigger problem, and this is not a, a drag on Miss Whitaker, you know, I'm told by a lot of people that she's a great actress. I haven't seen it because I, I don't saw think some of her other stuff. Yeah. Like, like I've Broad never Church seen and, like, the British uh, TV shows that she did. Yeah. I've never seen her in anything other than that. And I don't think the way her version of this character is written gives her does her any favors because she basically has no she's not allowed to have like personality in the way that the other the the men before her have. And yeah, that that part like, is missing. You know, like, like if you there's like certain times when you're like she's almost she's doing what Tennant would do, or she's doing what Smith yeah. would do. Right. Like she doesn't have her, like, you know, with Capaldi, like, she doesn't have the electric guitar on a tank in ancient Scotland yep. moment. Yep. Well, the other, the other thing for me... Because her last season, I don't think she's gonna get it. Yep. The thing for me is, if you ask me, and, you know, like I said, I've been a fan of this show for about seven or eight years, and if you ask me for, like, a quick one sentence on any of the any of the modern doctors before her on like Eccleston or Tennant or Smith or Capaldi like defining what their personalities were I could give you that but with yeah. her I have no, I, with her I have no idea because you're she's this far in and she has no defining personality at all and, and I it's think hard that at some point they got so caught up in the fact that they actually cast a woman as a doctor that like they broke dead like you know wall and barrier or whatever that yeah. they forgot to actually do something about it yeah like, i still this... think she does a great job as a doctor but like you said like you don't have that like defining like what's her personality trait 
The yep. reason borrowed from like previous doctors. Yeah. I think she's good. She's just way more functional. Like, you know, everything the other the like the the men before her, at least the ones I've seen, everything they did was sort of framed through whatever their whatever their defining personality thing was. She doesn't have that, so she just becomes kind of like an exposition machine. And, you know, some of that stuff is cool and everything, but like Nothing yeah, but given credit, she still does like a fantastic job at it. Oh yeah, no, like she, really. That, that's where her acting really does show yeah. is the fact she. I, like, I don't know her. I don't know what her opinion on this is like, but like, I think she feels she would probably feel the same way, and the fact that she can take the writing that was basically written down probably for a man, and she can make it her own. Well, you know, I don't know. Chibnall, Chibnall cast her. He had to have had to have had writing for a woman. Yeah, but you still feel like when you watch her on screen, like you know. Yeah, it's kind of it, well. The the comparison I have for that, since you bring that up, is a lot of the early early Capaldi stuff was just slightly modified scripts that had been written for Matt Smith because he had left so late that they had started writing they had started writing season 8 for him. Um, yeah. Like I remember there was one in particular, I want to say it was Robots of Sherwood where they uh, legit- Mr. Robin Hood. Yep, they legitimately said, yeah, this was written for Matt, but then he left and we had to retool it slightly, but we didn't have a lot of time to, you know, we would we probably would have just scrapped it entirely and done something else, but Yeah, but know, I, what I feel was really different about Capaldi is that this yeah. is a guy who actually wanted to play Doctor, who was a fan of the Doctor for yep. a very long now, time. Now here's my, he already, here's my like, question that I've like been waiting When he stepped onto that scene as a Doctor, like, he knew exactly what his personality trait was so he can take the Matt Smith script and still make it his own. Right. Where no. I kind of feel like with Jody, this is just another role, as monumental yep. as it might be. Yeah, I, I don't feel like she, you know, has that same, you know, like I don't. And Brent, you know, I've talked to Brent about this too because he is a fan of the show in general. I don't think he's watched it since since like – I think he stopped watching during the Capaldi run just because he didn't like what Moffat was doing. It wasn't a slag on Capaldi or anything. But um, I don't think he's watched a second of Whitaker. And his whole thing has always been like, well, she makes a lot of statements that just kind of crap on the fan base and and whatever. And it's just like, all right, well, I tend not to care about those things. But um, yeah, I'm I'm like, hey, as long as you do a good job on screen, whatever you do off screen, that's your job. That's your yeah. business. Now, do like, you think he has nothing to do with me, even as a fan? It's like yep. it does not impact my life. Just give me an episode. I'm good. Yep. Like I've heard a lot of um, controversy around the last couple castings too, and maybe we can get into this because I don't think the episode has a ton beyond like the plot we just gave out. And we'll talk about Dan a little bit, um, but. I remember thinking at the time that Capaldi left that he was kind of forced out because he made it sound like, you know, this was his dream job and he never wanted to leave. And then because for him, it was, yeah. Like this and is then a I, guy who grew up on Dr. Who. So he yep. just waited to actually, then, you know, be on Dr. Who. Yep. And then so. after three years and after three years, he gives the typical robotic 
press release of like, yeah, it was a lot of work and it's very tiring and everything else. And it's like, I feel like BBC never, you know, I don't think the ratings for him were what they were for Smith or Tennant. And I think what they, as much as I, as much as you and I, and I know a lot of fans who do like Capaldi's work on that show, I think that what they were not expecting was, I think what they discovered was that a lot of that audience, a lot more of that audience is young women than they thought it was. Because I don't think a lot of young women wanted to watch an old guy do that role. Yeah, but here's the thing, like when you look at, because like when Moffat stepped down, the general feeling was like that his, uh, the quality of his writing was starting to go down. And yeah. the, maybe the problem with that was the fact that longer Capaldi was doctor, the more he was stepping into that role. So even when the quality of the writing went down, he was still so good that he, you know, but I still felt like, you know, after his three years that, yeah, he was kind of pushed out, like, especially yep. because Me Too was going on strong. And then, like, people starting, like, oh, you know, I heard rumors that maybe they're going to cast a woman. And then a lot of fans were like, well, you can't make Dr. Woman, Dr. a man. And I was like, me, yep. I personally, I never the had a problem like, with him. To be. Like, I didn't care whether she was a woman, man, like, you know, transgender, whatever, yeah. like, gender fluid, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't really care. As long no, as the I person was actually doing the job, he's going to embrace it, accept it. And yep. Capaldi really was like the best. He was the fan's doctor. Oh yeah, like he Absolutely. grew up a fan. Like the Pompey episode that he was able to, yep. get, to get in on, to he act, was, was kind of highlight of his life until he actually got to play the doctor. He was also and on Torchwood. Role his own. Yeah. Yep. He was a. I've never watched Torchwood, but I'm going to. And he, I guess, he was a bad guy on Torchwood for a while. Um, well, so. I watched some of the early stuff. I never actually sat down like early season. Yeah. I think it was I never like the, watched it. Maybe one of the later ones that he was in. Uh, he was one of the bad guys for a little bit. Um, and I kind of feel like the whole Chibnall Whitaker thing, as much as I'm looking forward to Davies coming back and I do want a new doctor, um, I do think they are also being forced out because. I think the ratings are in the from what it sounds like from everything I'm reading in Britain, the ratings are absolutely in the toilet, and I feel like this thing with Davies is a last ditch attempt to save this show, and if this doesn't work, they're gonna kill it again. <laughs> yeah, which is, it will really be a shame because like yeah. now, you know, it kind of starts. You know, there's but I don't get much into the viewings because you know. Yeah, I, I had try to find my ways on. around the stuff and actually to actually watch it in Croatia to begin with. Yeah, like, I had to find calls <laughs> and stuff. So... I try not to it, but it's kind of like the same reason why, you know, with movies and stuff, I always pay attention to the box office and things because that stuff determines like whether more of whatever gets made or not. So it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you know. As much as I don't want to be focused on the business of something, it's like if I really like something and then it tanks, you're like, oh, well, they're not going to do anything else with that, are they? (laughs) Um, So, but yeah, I really, um, I liked the fact that Dan had such an active role in this episode so quickly. Like they didn't waste, like, 
they didn't waste a bunch of time with him going like, what is going on here? Why is this happening? Oh my God. Oh yeah. He's just into, he's like, yeah, I've been to space, you know? Oh yeah. I'm going to go find out what's happening. Which if this was a, when the doctor, when the, when Jody's character comes before they go to the planet's time, when she comes and picks him up on earth, she's like, Oh, I go find Khan. Are you coming? And he was like, yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. He takes a second, but he's just like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I kind of like the fact that, you know, because I feel like if this was a regular length season, you'd spend the first, like, four episodes of Yaz kind of leading him around by the nose, being like, okay, well, this is what we do now. You know, yeah, and we, especially if they didn't make it a continuous storyline. Yeah. If they, yep. st- if they like, had stuck to, like, uh, what they generally do, it would be yeah. a whole lot different. And I mean, and I, I do. Just, if they make Dan Lewis the next Doctor, I wouldn't mind. Oh, I I love I think he's great. I would love that. Um, yeah, the, and like because yeah, they, the fact that they brought Davis back to the show, yeah. The fact because from little did I that I did follow, uh, generally John Bishop is very well liked in Britain. Yeah, and I did. A lot of fans that. were okay with Davis coming back, but when they started rumors that Bishop may be the next Doctor. It was generally yeah. well received because the same way that you look at the box office and you always look at the U.S. domestic ones first, not the worldwide yeah. one. Same thing with Britons; like they look at U- UK first and see, like, to get like general scope because yeah. that's their target audience. So he is well liked over there, huh? I yeah. I did some research on him. I did know he was a stand-up comedian. I did not know he was a professional soccer player before that. So maybe yeah, that Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know shit about that sport. Just to so clarify, I'm a Manchester United fan, and we do not like each other. Okay. Well, you might so as well like be speaking Greek. we're like rivals. You might as well be speaking Greek to me right now, because uh, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know, man. Think, uh, but, uh, think uh, Bears-Packers. Okay. That works. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've just been really impressed with um, – the way that that character has that that John Bishop has played that character in such a way that it's not like, you know, he feels comfortable in this show. Like he could have been on it at any point, and it's not just like, you know, because some of them I feel like they do as a response to who the Doctor is, and yet I feel like with Dan he could fit anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. And that, that's just a credit to Bishop's performance too. Like, um, and I really liked, and the, the first thing where I got an idea where he might be more than just a human was in the first episode when the, when the dog broke into his house and apparently that had some sort of like mind control powers that didn't work on him at all. Yeah. And, uh, and he just doesn't even react to it. And I was like, okay, well, then he's clearly not just a regular guy because that would have, should have worked on him. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe he'll be the next Doctor. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I think that's more likely than a lot of the weird theories I'm hearing about, like, Davies is going to get Tennant to come back and they're gonna, there's going to be some sort of, like, reverse regeneration thing where he's going to be Tennant again. And it's like, I don't... As much as I would love that, I don't think they're going to do that either. Yeah, I love Tennant as Doctor. Yeah, but like going back to some, and Tennant himself said that he would like to love to come back, 
in some companies, so it's like, it is, is it doable? Yes, it's doable, but I don't think it's the uh, best thing for the show at yeah. the moment. Oh, I have a feeling if if they do something special for the 60th, he'll be there. Uh, oh, no, no, he's definitely going to do it, because I think even Matt's going to do like, They're all on board for doing it, other than Ecclestone. Yeah, and Capaldi and... has said he Capaldi has said he doesn't have a lot of interest in that kind of thing. Yeah, but I think he can still come back. Yeah, I saw so, some, you know. I saw something that I think was faked, like one of those like just put together by some YouTube person that they made it look like it was official from the BBC that made it look like Capaldi was coming back at Christmas, but I don't think that's the case. <laughs> No, I don't think like only way he comes back is when they do the 60th anniversary yeah. thing. And he so was they're gonna do something big for that the way they did for the 50th, which they're gonna yeah. do. I think they're gonna bring all the doctors back. Yep. And so it's gonna be. I think Capaldi comes back for that one. Yep. Now I don't we... think like only with the comics that were made like during the Suicide Squad uh, press conferences and stuff. Yeah. Press tour. I don't think he burned enough bridges. Like I know they took him off some audio stuff that they were doing, but when you look at the audio side of things, like all these guys are still doing audio books. Has he ever done the audio? I've been getting mm-hmm. into that recently. Has he ever? I thought they always just had a, a, some, a sound. Yeah. So they have a guy oh. who does like the doctor voice for all yeah. the all the main doctors, uh, but basically Tennant and Capaldi. And Smith, from what I know, actually did the audio dramas. Yeah, because I've, I've picked up some they of can fit it into their schedule. So they don't do yeah. everyone, but they do enough of them. And, and Capaldi was start... supposed to do one, and they dropped him after the Suicide Squad press tour. But I yeah. still don't and, think like, uh, they burned any bridges there. Tennant's been, doing, Tennant's been doing those the last couple of years, particularly during all yeah. the... I think he was looking for something to do during all the pandemic shit. And yeah, uh, that was Eccleston, just, Eccleston just started doing them, and his were pretty yeah. good too. Uh, he's had like well, two I didn't or listen to any of them, but I am aware of their yeah. existence. I've started listening to them; they're pretty fun. Um, and the, the best ones are they're a bunch with uh, Tennant and Catherine Tate, and the, um, just because Donna Noble's my favorite companion too. I mean, so those my sister been... is secretly hoping they bring her back for the sixtieth. And I'm like, That'd well, awesome. the way they ended things with Donna is like, that would be a pretty spectacular 60 if they bring Donna yeah. back. Now, yeah, um, let's talk about uh, something else, though. Um, one of the big problems I have with the way they do this show as far as the long-term planning of it, like, and I get why they do this, because from what I understand, it's because BBC is an arm of the government, and they have to be they have to have a certain level of transparency in everything they do. But do they have to tell you when the regenerations are? Do they really? Like, I could do without not, I could do with not knowing that. Like, to me, you know, they, we already know that she's, that Whitaker is going to regenerate at the end of 22, at the end of those three specials they're doing in 2022. Yeah. Wouldn't it be more effective in some ways if you didn't know? Well, it would, and this, now, I don't know whether this is a true story or not, uh, but it was, so basically it was during the earlier runs of uh, Doctor Who, one of yeah. the regener- regenerations happened, 
uh, during the time when the black and white television went into the color television. Okay. So when the regeneration happened, not only did the doctor change face, but he gained color because he was no longer in black and white. Oh, like literally in the Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know if that's true. I read that somewhere. So whether it's authentic or not, I yeah, don't I know. But basically, like, it happened. So imagine, like, nobody knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And at one moment, doctor was like, I don't know which doctor this was, but it's like at one moment, this was a black and white doctor. Boom, regeneration yeah. happened. And now he's in color and he's a totally different person. And, like, yeah. people lost their shit. That is the one thing about the way they promote this show that bothers me. Because as somebody who watched the first seven seasons on Netflix and then watched has watched everything since then in real time, I've never been surprised by a regeneration because they always tell you when they're going to be. Yeah, and you always know it's happening. Yeah, and it's like I would, I would love to have one where you didn't know it was – where you didn't know it was coming – and like they'd already cast the new person, didn't make a big thing out of it, and didn't tell you who that was going to be, and then yep. the new person just shows up, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Um, like the well, one I'm thing gonna go, I'm going to tell you another story is I started watching Doctor Who during Matt Smith's run. Okay. Uh, so Matt Smith was the current Doctor, but I went back to Ecclestone, mm-hmm. and as far as I knew at that point, only Matt Smith and David Tennant were Doctors. So okay. I, it took me like five episodes to figure out that Eccleston is actually playing the Doctor. Ah, uh, oh, okay. So you started watching that. No, he was the first Doctor, and I was like, yeah. "When does the Doctor show up?" I know Tennant, I know Smith, but they're not in this show. Yeah, I remember friends of mine that have been watching it before I was were like, you know, because I think they knew me well enough to know at that time that Tennant was going to be my favorite one. And he was for a long time until Capaldi showed up. But even my friends who recommended it to me were like, oh, yeah, watch the one with Christopher Eccleston. You probably won't like it that much. And when you get to Tenant, you'll be fine. And I ended up liking Eccleston a lot. Um, you know, I Tenet, say he's still my favorite doctor. And, like, yeah, certain sort of aspects like, of him that I just – I loved the way he I, owned that character. And he was the first character. He was the first one back. Yep. So that's like, you know, that's your introduction to the new series of Doctor Who was Eccleston. Yeah, and he was great. He, I mean, it's like, and I loved him. Like, even, yes, like, Tennant was great. Matt probably had like some of the best stories, but it's like, for me, it's like Eccleston is still like, I still love him the most. I think I would have liked Matt Smith more if I had been watching it in real time because. I didn't watch his stuff over a long enough period to really have it grow on me that much. Cause like I was just, I was just trying to plow through everything. So I'd be caught up by the time the 50th thing aired. Um, so I must've, I think I watched his three seasons about a month. Um, so if I had been watching that in real time, like everybody else was, I think I would have liked it a lot more. Um, yeah, it's he, definitely different when you binge it. Yeah. And he, um, my problem with him was not him. It was how prominent they made the Karen Gillan character for so long, where it was basically her show and he was just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they did. She had 
some of the best written companion stuff. Yeah, sure. she really did. Um, and I, I also always, uh, I really liked, um, and this is a slightly related show, but I really liked Legends of Tomorrow for the first couple of years because of Arthur yeah, Darvill. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like to see Arthur Darvill be like, oh, he's basically playing the doctor. He's just got a bunch of superheroes around him. Um, exactly. And he had yep. the trench coat and everything. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I I almost wish he was still on that show, but uh, that's a whole separate thing. We used to do pods about. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Until we realized, yeah, no but one... I loved him in there. Like, oh yeah. man, that's yeah. No, his seasons of that story part of it. Yeah. Um. So, do you have anybody like I know that they don't? You know, they're obviously going to recast. You know, they're gonna there's gonna be a new person after Whitaker. Um, I also know there was, and I heard something about, and I don't know whether this is legit or not. I doubt if this was legitimate that BBC, BBC would have let it get out. But, uh, one of the reasons I heard for the whole Chibnall stepping down was that once Whitaker announced she was going to go, uh, BBC required that the next doctor be a man. And Chibnall was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they were like, okay, you can leave now. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't know much about that. Yeah. I had heard that in a couple places, but it just seemed kind of like YouTube clickbaity stuff that we'll never yeah, find. Yeah, sounds like that too. Like, I don't really think... Yeah. And again, I wouldn't have any objections yeah. to having another woman play doctor. Oh, no, I definitely think there will be another another woman at some point. I think they should do that. I would like and to And I see... don't know whether BBC would actually mandate, okay, he has to be a guy. Yeah. Well, I, th I think they're taking, if that's true, I think they're taking the easy way out of like, the ratings are in the toilet because everyone objects to it being a woman. So let's not do that. Mm. In reality, I would think probably most fans that I talk to object to how poorly it's written right now. And that's yeah. my book too and i do think now that at least with these first two episodes of this flux thing i do think chibnall's bringing his a-game here uh i think so and i think the fact that they're making a continuous storyline actually yep. helps him with that yeah because i do that think he doesn't that have is... to rewrite every episode yep, on I its do own think... but he can just i do think from what i've seen of his i think he's a better writer in that like continuous format so maybe yeah. this maybe this works better for him and maybe they they are realizing now this is what they should have done with him to begin with. You know, they should have let him do like two and three parters. Like that last season that Capaldi had that was like five two parters or whatever. Like maybe they should have yeah. let him do that. I think um, he could have done a better job with it. Yep. But do you have, you know, and granted, they're not gonna cast like a big name, I don't think. Because they nah. just don't they don't have the nah. money. But well, I don't think it's even the money. I think it's part of the whole, you know, Doctor Who stick is the fact that they're going to find somebody who isn't yep. and probably like well known, at least outside of Britain. Yeah, like the character is bigger than the actor almost. Exactly, exactly. And if he gets I to the point where the actor himself is kind of becoming bigger than the character, it's like time to step down. Uh, yeah, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the fact that we mentioned that with Capaldi, you know, felt that after three seasons he was almost pushed out. 
Yeah. And I hate the fact that it kind of feels like whoever's going to be a doctor now basically has a three seasons lifespan. I, yeah, I just want to see somebody get past that. I really do. Because like, I felt with Capaldi, they really hit a jackpot as far as like they, he could have easily have kept going. Oh, I think he would have done it until they, you know, he would have done it until he was in a fucking walker, like leaving a rest home every day to go to the set. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I know, think that was. As somebody who pays more attention to these things, like I don't, I don't think a lot of the reasoning I always saw for why he got the boot was kind of like, yeah, but like. BBC making statements about things, and I just kept going, well, yeah, but that's your fault. Because, like, there was a whole thing about, oh, well, the merchandising wasn't as good for him as it was for other people. And that's, and it's like, that's because you didn't make anything. Like, I could never I could never find anything with him on it. Like, there are tons of no, places. No, there was, like, the Lego set that was, like, limited edition thing. Yeah. I think that was his part. He was and, like, his doctor. There are tons of places you could go to get Doctor Who stuff in this country, but even when he was on, and it was well past like Smith and David Tennant, like you couldn't find jack shit with him on it. And I went looking for it, like I wanted shit with him on it, and I could yeah. never find anything. And then, like one of the, they always used to bitch about how bad the ratings were for him, and it was like, well, yeah, but then you had you had that period where you had it take a year off because. Fucking Moffat can't write that and Sherlock at the same time, and yep. somehow, and somehow you were so scared of the fucking World Cup that you were like, "Let's just take a year off." And it's like, what? How does that make any sense? <laughs> That's a whole other British thing, you know. So like to Both me, they ne- home. to me like they never did, they never did Capaldi's run any favors, really. Um, no. And I feel like they're. I feel like they were trying with with Whitaker. Like I feel like they got way more behind that. But I feel like there's been like fan rejection of that in a lot of ways. So it's like you almost can't kind of can't win. Um, yeah, but going back to like whoever came up with the three and gone thing, like you got to stop limiting yourself. Yeah, three season run. Because like if the writing somebody... is good, if the character, if the actor grows into the character, yep. Like why limit him to three seasons? Like you're just beginning to explore certain things. It's like yeah, I'm gonna recast him at the end of like whatever the Christmas special is at the end of three third season, and it's like you're always gonna leave stuff on the table. Where like when you bring in another doctor, you're never you're not gonna continue whatever you started doing with the other doctor, but you're gonna make them do their own thing. And then the story itself suffers. Like, you kind of limit yourself. Like, we got three seasons, and it's like you only covered, like, half of the storyline that you wanted to in those three Mm -hmm. seasons, and then you just abandoned it. And I almost kind of wonder, too, like, if some of that is uh, fatigue by the actor, because the one thing I've heard continuously is, you know, they film ten and a half months out of the year, they're all over the place, like they're filming all over the place, and like they just don't get any kind of break. Like, uh, have you ever read? Um, Davies put out a book, and I would recommend it uh, before he comes back. Maybe if you have a chance to get your hand on this, 
hands on this. It's called The Writer's Tale. Mm-hmm. It's basically about his last season on the show. Huh. Uh, and the whole, like, because at one point, Tennant was going to do another year, and he ended up backing out of that. And that's why they did the whole, they did that whole, like, three movies thing with, or that three or four movies with him instead of the, instead of another yeah. movie. Um, and there's just a lot of, it's a lot of process stuff and a lot of that, but I mean, it was interesting. It was interesting reading that a couple of years after he left the show. And now I wonder if it would recontextualize based on, uh, the fact that he's coming back. Um, so I will, I will actually, when I get around to it tomorrow, I'll send you an Amazon link to that. I mean, I know it won't help you that much because it's probably going to be American Amazon or whatever. But uh, I least... know maybe we're on Amazon. I have the app. I switch between yeah. countries based on it'll, whatever. It'll give the you the basic. It'll give you the, it'll give you the basic information for at least. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we will. Uh, and I know this this one probably wasn't much about the actual episode. I just feel like because this is the first one with both of us on it, we sort of wanted to set some baseline. Uh, and this yeah, episode... I think that was like the whole point. Like, yeah, we're gonna start with the episode two review, but we're yeah. gonna touch base on like yeah, other and stuff. And this one was this one was pretty straightforward. So it was, there wasn't like a lot. To, I feel like at the end of this thing, we're gonna, you know, I could see the the episode six review being like two hours because we're just gonna have a ton of shit to go through. Oh yeah, um, because and... whatever the storyline is, like when you look at it, it's gonna be over six hours. When yep. you're gonna combine the episode, you're looking at like runtime over six hours. Yep. So like, I might try gonna... to, I might try to actually watch it again before like when the last one comes out, I might actually try to watch it again before we review it. Yeah. I don't know. That would be um, yeah. And you're gonna we're gonna touch base on like episodes one to five when we're doing six. So So uh if they're doing if they're doing the three specials in twenty twenty two, when do you think those are gonna be? My guess would be New Year's, which they've kind of established now. New Year's, probably sometime in like, probably sometime in like June or July, and then either November or Christmas for the last one. So here's the thing: I'm thinking that basically, yeah, uh, the New Year's, new, you know, New Year's Day. So you have one. The first one is probably going to drop like January 1st. Yep. Then mid, so yeah, June, July. And then you're going to have like, really depends whether it might, they say 2022. Yeah. So it could, it could be Christmas, but they might push it back to where it's a New Year's Day special. So yeah. it would actually come out in 2023. Because I think what they're going to do, uh, and they haven't announced like what, Davy's timetable is for exactly when he's gonna his stuff's gonna start. My bet is yeah. he will start with the 60th anniversary thing that they're gonna do in November. I would bet because the 50th was in November of 2013. So yeah. I would bet the 60th thing will be in November of 2023. And I would bet that's what he's gonna start with. Yeah, uh, and then you're gonna again have the gap uh between uh, last Whitaker special being in twen- the 2022 one would probably be January 1st, 2023. And then you would have to wait till November for yeah. Davis 
to yep. stop. So it's like you're going to have basically almost two years. You're going to be, you're going to have like five episodes of Doctor Who. Yep. And that might be However, the time. they're going to be five specials, but yep. still. That might be the time that I use to rewatch the whole thing again. Cause I, or yeah, at least they really episode. leave such a big gap for it. So, yeah. From Eccleston onward, at least. I've never attempted anything prior to that. Um, but I probably will at some point. It's well, just I did try to get my hands on the some of the first series, but it's really hard to get if you're not going to buy it. Oh, yeah, because they do have some so of the... Like, yeah. Yeah, I did, I did start looking at that, and they have, you know, there are scattered, like, DVD collections and stuff, but it's... And especially because of the nature of it where they don't have some of them. It's like, it's hard. And I'm very much like a, everything must be viewed in its right order or whatever. Uh, you know, like I was tormenting myself over the the chronological MCU list I put together for my mother-in-law the other night. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I just get very particular about that kind of stuff. Um, in okay, other- I'm going to ask you, did you get did you watch the Paul McGann show, uh, the movie on um, the Fox movie? Yeah, it's on my list. I haven't yet. You should. Uh, I, I have... was putting it off for a long while just because, like, the buzz I kept hearing about the movie was like, yeah. "Oh, it's not really," you know. But I ended up watching it, and when I finally ended up watching it, I actually liked it. Yeah, he's done. And I'm gonna go back, and I'm gonna say the 50th anniversary special. Him showing up was the first time that I actually watched him. And I oh, was right. like, well, he, you know, I might as well pick it up. He did like that two-minute thing that they yeah. aired as part of that to show how he turned into John Hurt, right? Exactly. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, he did a ton of the uh, the big finish audio stuff. McGann's done yeah. a ton of that. Um, yeah. I I kind of think he might have actually been the first the first person who actually played the role to do those because he has. I think he was from what I actually read heard you know rumors and stuff he actually like uh he wanted to do more of dr who stuff yeah and i think there was even a possibility at some point if bbc was to uh redo the show that he was petitioning to actually be to actually play doctor in the series ah yeah because that was an attempt by fox to do like an american version of the show wasn't it yep yep yeah Yeah, and was, fans didn't really take, but I think like their movie came out in '96. Yeah, so I think like right now with where the fans are with Doctor Who, that's a movie that you can go back, yeah. watch, and still be like because he was the gap. Like there was '96, so that was before yeah. the new series started airing. Oh yeah, uh, well there was no there was really no audience in this country for that show until Matt Smith. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I think like the timing of it might have been wrong. But now it's like you can actually, as a fan of Doctor Who, you know, the new series, you can go back, watch that movie, and enjoy it. Yep, because I know that um, the Eccleston and, and Tennant stuff made it over here on, like, the Sci-Fi channel. But it was, like, six months after it had originally run in Britain. And Matt Smith started around the time that BBC America was a thing, and they started to actually run it at the same time as... Yeah when Britain had it. So uh, I think Matt Smith's run is when it started to become a big thing in this country. Um, 
So hopefully it uh, stays that way. And uh, hopefully, yeah. In other news, uh, not having to do with Doctor Who so much, but I figured, given that we are two thirds of the Prodigy review crew at this point, that yep, yep. We mentioned that uh, Star Trek Prodigy received a second season order today from Paramount Plus. Um, so season two is happening. Which we're right? really happy about. Yep. Which I, what I did not know about that show. Um, that I found in the press release that was put out today is that season one is actually going to be 20 episodes long, which I had no which idea. Which we didn't know, yeah. yeah no, we, go, same goes for me and Boris. We weren't yeah, aware we of that. thought it was going to be 9, 10, something like yeah. that, everything else has been. But apparently maybe that's because it is co-produced with Nickelodeon, and I bet Nickelodeon wanted more material than that. Um, yeah. So what they're going to do is... It, there's going to be – they're basically releasing releasing the season in halves or quarters or something. Like it's going to run until November 18th, which gives us two more to review right now. And then uh, episodes 6 through 10 are going to be – are going to start in the first week of January. And then they haven't said the fi- the last 10 of season two will be at some point in 2022, but we don't know when yet. Yeah, which I'm guessing, I think you brought it up somewhere in the comments, is basically they want to make, or Boris mentioned it, somebody mentioned it, basically they want to, the first break happens, I think, right before Discovery airs. Oh, yeah, because Discovery starts on the, oh, the 18th. So it's probably the last, I think the last episode of that and the last episode of the first group of that and the first episode of discovery four will be that day. So maybe we'll somehow review both. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we're definitely going to watch it. So, Oh yeah. You know, so yeah, we can probably, you know, well, squeeze it into one podcast. Yeah. Or we can split them too. It's not that hard. Yeah. So give us two episodes. Yep. Yep. So I promise next time we'll talk about the actual episode more. But um, yeah. So I'm gonna. Well, this was still good to get like the general, you know. Yeah. You and me, you know, where we play off one another and everything else. Yep. And I think we'll have to get if we decide to do like in the get in the gap periods if we decide to do like shows on older episodes we might have to get Brent in for some of those. Because uh, I do know he's a fan of the fan of prior seasons, at least. So maybe if we do some tenant stuff, we might see if there are any in particular that he likes that we might want to do. Um, I don't know if there are other uh, Whovians in the in the uh, Facebook group anywhere. We only we only have like thirty people in there, so I don't know if it's anybody beyond you and me and Brent, but. Uh, that would certainly well, be fun. Boris also watches it, so I don't know. But I don't know how interested he would be actually like doing it. Yeah. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. I think, he's more, I think he's more of a Trek guy comparatively yeah. in terms yeah, of yeah. wanting to that on a podcast or whatever. Um, we'll have to check with Boris. I might – if we do Prodigy this weekend, I might – are you guys available on Saturday to do that? So I would have to check my schedule. If okay. Give me a moment. I can do that right now. Yeah, because I, I actually made a commitment to be on a, somebody else's pod on Sunday morning. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, buddy of mine has a professional wrestling pod that he ah, does. Okay. 
and uh, we okay. So them. on Saturday I work morning, so yeah, Saturday works. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So we'll I'll try to watch it on Thursday, Thursday at least, and then or Friday at latest, and uh, then yeah, we'll we'll do that. Problem for me. Cool. Probably um, not like the same day it comes out, but by Saturday I have it watched, and yeah, I think you will work for Boris as well. Yeah, we'll so, check. Yeah. Um, yeah, a buddy of mine does a wrestling pod, uh, called the work of wrestling. If anybody wants to go look for it. Um, and we, we do reviews of the AEW pay-per-views and one of those is on Saturday night this weekend. So I told him I would be available for that on Sunday morning. So, um, and then I remembered yeah, oh, yeah. Saturday oh, works for, uh, yeah. for prodigy. And then I remembered, oh, shit, we do the Prodigy Pods on Sunday morning. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I figured you guys well, were... Uh, Sunday morning wouldn't work for me anyways to this week. Oh, good. Because, so I got an afternoon, because I got an afternoon this Sunday, so I okay. wouldn't be home almost on my time. Oh, yeah, which would be, what, like 4 a.m. So for me? Back on 7, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like 3 p.m. your time. Yeah, so um, I meant to ask you this because this had come up, I believe, on the last Prodigy Pod that we did. Um, what exactly got you guys to root for the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> okay, so it's a funny story. Because I told Corey that, and she's like, to... what? So she's it's like, more me than Boris. Boris is like, I'm into sports. He's like, yeah. gen- he's like mildly kiss about him. Yep. So where I'm like, I'm a fan. He's like, I root for him because you root for him. So it kind of made sense. Yep. Uh, he kind of followed my example on that one. But this was so basically year 2001. And there was uh, some dudes came over from Indiana and they put up like a two-week basketball camp. Oh. Uh, then they bought me and Boris were part of. So we were kids, so early teens back then. And I got a Reggie Miller jersey. Oh, so you're and, a Pacers guy too, huh? Yeah. And so other kids were like, oh, man, you got a Reggie Miller jersey. And they all, I was the only guy who actually got a jersey. Everybody else just got like general like basketball pants or like uh, basketball top. But like I was the only guy who actually got a jersey. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, Reggie Miller. Oh, he's great. He's awesome. I was like, who's Reggie Miller? And at the time, we couldn't really get, get on internet. Like, I had a vague familiarity with NBA. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, like, mostly, like, Lakers and Jordan and, you know, Chicago yep. Bulls because Tony Kukoc played for him and he's from Croatia and stuff. Yep. But at that point, like, I really got into it. I was, so I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to root for Pacers. Nice. And then I found out there's, like, other professional sports. And I was like, oh, man, there's other stuff. And then I got into NFL. And I was like, okay, I'm going to root for in the NFL. And I was like, well, Indiana Pacers, Indiana has a football team as well. I'm going to root for the Colts. Nice. Oh, wow, that's so that cool. Was, yeah. Yep. And then oh, Americans yeah. are always, okay, like, could you root for, like, in college sports? I'm like, hey, college sports are totally different because, like, you usually root for the college you attended. I don't have that, like, I didn't attend American college for, for me. Like, I don't have that, like, draw for it. But, like, as far right. as professional sports go, you know, I was like, yeah. NFL, yeah. I'm a Colts fan. NBA, I'm a Pacers fan. For MLB, I'm a, I'm a Washington Nationals fan. Uh, 
say there is no Indiana equivalent for exactly. Baseball. That was my thing for hockey and baseball. I was like, man, why don't why don't they have like with Indiana hockey, team? It would be hockey, really interesting. But uh, you should do what Justin's doing. Brent Brent's a huge hockey guy, being Canadian as well. Well, naturally. And, and uh, he was, you know, and I follow the NBA and the NFL. I kind of dropped out of baseball because I kind of lost uh, respect for the Red Sox after the Monkey Betts thing and uh, uh, yeah. re- and rehiring the cheating dickhead. Um, so Brent was trying to Brent was trying to bug one of us to start watching hockey. And I was just like, Brent, I already watched two sports religiously. Uh, I think <laughs> I think a third one would result in me not being married anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah, he was able to talk Justin into watching hockey, but Justin started by rooting for the, the Seattle expansion team. Cause he was okay. like, I don't want to deal with like, you know, trying to figure out some other team's history or whatever. I can get in on the ground floor on something then I'll do that, you know? So that was yeah, kind of Justin. That, that sounds like Justin. Yep. I, I don't like long movies and. Just give me a hockey team. <laughs> so, yep. So we will. Well, re- you, what are your teams? Oh, I'm a Boston guy. Uh, I grew oh, up in Boston guy. Okay. I grew up in I grew up in Connecticut, and Connecticut's kind of. I just want to go on the record and say I hate Boston teams. Yeah, I, I have respect for the Boston teams, but I hate Boston teams. Most people do. Although after after you lost Brady, I'm I have a little bit bigger appreciation for the Patriots. I, I got to say, you know, as a Patriots fan, I love Brady. I was happy when he won with Tampa Bay. Um, but I got to say, to a certain extent, like, I'm not happy that he left, but it's almost fun to watch them again now with Mac Jones yeah. or else. Like, when he, Brady was Mac there. Mac Jones but, is great. Like, as far as rookie quarterbacks go this season, like, he's. Yeah. But, like, as far as, as far as the last few years of the Brady thing, like, it just, I think, as much as I appreciated the winning, and it's hard not to, it's like, of course, naturally. At, at a certain point, though, there's just like so much pressure on it, and it's like, what do you, you know, if they if they don't win a Super Bowl in a given year, like, what's the, you know, how are you supposed to feel about that? And I remember back in the day, like when they first started man, doing it, you're so used to winning now. It's like, man, what are yeah. doing? And like, I realize now, like, they're twenty year old, they're twenty year old kids who have no concept of them being bad, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I, I start. I was a – I became a fan in, like, the 80s when they had, like – even before, like, Drew Bledsoe and they were a laughingstock. And it's oh, like – Oh, yeah, they were really bad. Then. Yeah, and it's like I always used to – you know, I and I tell with the Red Sox and and with, with the Celtics even to a degree, like, I always tell, tell younger kids now, like – don't just assume you're always going to get this because there are going to be periods where these teams are going to suck and you're going to have no clue what you're looking at. Um, well, yeah, same thing with the Red Sox. It's like yeah. before the 2004, was it 2004 series where they won yeah. it? 04, 07, 04, 07, 13, and 18. Yeah, yeah, but 04 mm-hmm. was like the first one in the streak. Yes. And they yeah. had like 4-3 win over, over the Yankees. Yep. Which that, that was like really the one that like before that like Red Sox were like bad. That fucking like, series. That win, that win, that win. If I remember correctly, the 2004 win like surprised everybody. Well, I think once they beat the Yankees, it was kind of expected that they were gonna win. Like, 
the beating yeah, but the nobody Yan- expected them to actually beat the Yankees. Yeah, beating the Yankees was almost the bigger deal at that yeah. point. And like yeah. The, the, yeah. the World Series is just like, okay, well, if they win this, great. If not, who cares? Um, yeah, they beat the Yankees. I mean, there are literally like 20-year-old kids who have no concept of uh, the Red Sox or the, or the Patriots being bad. And it's like and to some degree, even the Celtics. Yeah, but I mean, the Celtics are always kind of other than that one year that they kind of threw away to try to get Tim Duncan and the well, first yeah, year. They're they're generally pretty pretty solid. I mean, uh, you meant you made the jersey. You mentioned the jersey thing. I uh, I spent my last tax refund on uh, on uh, Celtics jerseys because I wanted a couple. Um, well, I'm gonna. I okay, so buying stuff in Croatia for certain things, it's absolutely a nightmare. Yeah, we were talking about um, you had mentioned that with like comic books and stuff that they were hard yeah. to get there. So I wanted to, there was like uh, a period of time where yeah. I was really into jerseys. Yeah. So I started up buying basketball jerseys. And you can't really ship them to Croatia just because the way our tax system is set up, like they can tax you from like anywhere from like 50% to a hundred percent of like whatever the cost of whatever is that you're shipping is, oh my especially God. for stuff that comes into us. So you have to pay like double for stuff. Wow. Jesus. And I had a friend and I still have a friend. He lives in somewhere in Houston suburbs. Okay. And he would come over to Croatia uh, every summer, so I'd be like, whenever I needed something really bad shipped over, I'd be like, "Hey, can I send you this?" And then when you come during the summer, just bring it over. And he was like, "Yeah." Oh, so that's I started cool. buying up. That was like really great setup. Oh yeah, that is a good way. To like, if it wasn't like, oh, I need it right now, I was like, yeah, I can wait a couple of months till it brings it over. No problem. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to get around that. Yeah, I um... so I would ship him like jerseys and stuff. And now because I'm kind of more of a 3XL than a 2XL sort of guy. I yeah. kind of outgrow all my jerseys. Right. I wasn't aware that you're supposed to buy jerseys one size up. Yeah, I kind of had. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So I bought, um, to say the yeah. least, I bought like a shitload of them. Like right. They were dropped like 10 of, 10 of them, probably. Yeah. Like the basketball stuff. Uh, bought a couple of, well, bought one. Uh, NFL, but because NFL is like more expensive or whatever, at least that's how I saw it. Like once, yeah, you know, took over with all the stuff he had. But basically now all of them belong to my siblings. Yeah, because I outgrew them. How do you get? Right, how do you so. get the? How do you get the games over there? Is it on like cable or something or satellite? Or so you can basically get streaming stuff like uh, for NFL. Uh, I do NFL Game Pass. Yeah, I do too. I do that too. I actually, um, with the way that works over here, uh, you can't get live video of anything with that here because they don't want to. They don't want to step on the TV networks. Um, well, I'm international, so there's different yeah. rules. Mine is like, well, even though it's still uh, Hanson is still leading everything and running everything, basically uh, the way he runs because we're classified as NFL Red Zone International. 
yeah. uh, we get access to stuff that you don't just because yeah. we know we can't switch over to CBS or MC or whatever and watch the game. What, what I do with Game Pass is, uh, and you know, I think when we were doing the pro- we did the Prodigy one last Sunday, and I was trying yeah. to get my noons like because they have in America on Game Pass they have uh, you can get live radio for every oh. game. And then, okay. and they video, but it's like the next day. Ah. I, I was going to listen to the Panthers game when we got done, and I just fired it up on my computer and listened to it. Then I'll go back and watch the video later. Um, yeah. And with NBA, is it, with the NBA, is it similar? Like you have something like that where you can just stream it. Well, here's the thing: with NFL, I get early games. Okay. So basically, the late slate of games is gonna end by 2 p.m. Uh, oh. Sorry, 2 a.m. my time. Okay. So they generally start like uh, 7 p.m. and run till 2 a.m. And uh, for NBA, it's different because all the games start at 1 a.m. at the earliest. Oh wow! So that's like a big drawback. Like yeah. you do, and if you do NBA Game Pass. Uh, but it's like it doesn't really work for me just because it costs way too much money for me to actually buy it, especially because I'm not going to watch most of the games yeah. because I'm going to go to bed or something. See, I'm, I'm a maniac for because um, I live in a different part of the country that doesn't, you know, I used to live somewhere where you could get every Celtics game on regular TV. So yeah. I never really had, I never really had to worry about this, but since I moved to Wisconsin, you can only get like the ones that were on like TNT and ESPN and stuff, yeah, which yeah, yeah. which evened out to about probably thirty of their games a year. So like for the last I want to say two or three years, maybe four years, I talked to my wife and I was just like, I'm gonna start getting that league pass thing so I can watch every game, and. uh so I've done that for the last like four years. And the nice thing is it's through a cable. So you can, you know, like the DVR box or whatever, like yeah, they have yeah. a, if they have like a seven o'clock tip off and she wants to watch like NCIS and crap, I can just, yeah, DVR, can just the DVR the game and watch it later when she goes to bed. Yeah. Which is what I do quite often. And I think I with the, with the pandemic and the lockdowns and stuff, I think I'm on a, a two plus year run of seeing every game. Because uh, of every game of the bubble year and then last year, yeah, and every game so far well, this year. Um, what I just, really like about NFL is that actually I can watch the early games. Yeah, and like only thing I'm not gonna watch is the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and the Thursday night game. Yeah, the Thursday it's too late. game. Yeah, because it's just they start their kickoff is two twenty my time. A. Oh God, two twenty a.m. Just like it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for NBA, if you want to start, if you want to watch the games, there are uh, the West Coast games. They start at four a.m. Oh God! So, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You I never think about it that way. So for time. me, like, if I had the uh, if NBA games started like seven p.m. my time, I'd watch yep. it like as much as many as I could. Yeah. But I'm not gonna like. I'm gonna stay up. If I stay up, I'm gonna watch like first quarter. Right. So it's just like, you know, especially if I have to work in the morning, it's like, nah, yeah. I'm not staying up. The most insane thing I've ever done for that, right, as far as like staying up to watch something like that was 
I want to say last year, it was a Saturday night during the playoffs. It was that series, or maybe it was during the bubble year. Uh, the Celtics played the Raptors in the bubble year, or I think. And uh, I was watching one of the games, and it was also the same night as one of those AEW pay-per-views. And I had made the commitment to go on my buddy's podcast and do that the next day. And most uh, of those, so you had to watch it. <laughs> and most of those wrestling show, the AEW ones, because they don't do as many of them as many of the pay per view things as WWE does. They don't do like fifteen a year. They do four of them, so they're longer. They're like four hours yeah. a piece. Each one's like four hours, and so I I started the Celtics Raptors game late because I was doing watching stuff with my wife, and then when she went to bed, I watched the Celtics Raptors game real quick. I started the pay-per-view thing at one o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. And then uh, by the, I finished it at like five and at the very end, I I must've watched the last half an hour, like three times because I was literally falling asleep as I was watching. Oh my God. Yeah. And for me, that's like every day. If I want to watch NBA, that's what I have to deal with. Uh, So it really sucks because I really like, I started being a fan of the NBA before NFL. Yeah. But even though I like football more than I do basketball. Yeah. It's still like I want to watch NBA games. I want to yeah. watch the Pacers games. It's like well, I'll yeah. keep an eye on the pa- I'll keep an eye on the Pacers for you knowing that now then. <laughs> so. So that's like, like you know I I still going to like I'm going to try to catch like first quarter every now and then and like I know and it's like when they do have uh, the Sunday games they usually do start earlier. Yeah, some of those Once are during the season starts. I'm like, I'm gonna try to. I usually try to catch some of those. Nice. But nice. It's like during the NFL season, like I'm not giving up my Sunday to watch NBA. Sorry. Yeah, especially when it's this. You know, it's not NBA games aren't gonna be relevant for another two months. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so man. I can well... easily just spend my Sundays watching NFL. And then once NFL ends, it's like, yeah, I can do NBA on Sundays. Yep. So come for Doctor Who, stay for the sports talk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, We're at least we get, out. Yeah, we get to know each other a little bit through that though, and that'll that'll lead yeah. to better shows yeah. later. So, yep. I will talk to you probably on Saturday for the Prodigy stuff. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. We will be in touch in the on Facebook and stuff throughout, and this will get posted probably tonight. Um, once it processes and stuff, I'll probably put it up right away. So, all right. Yeah. All right. This was fun. Yeah. Excellent. Have a good night. You too.